0: I will not be shaken therefore my heart is glad and my tongue rejoices my body also will rest secure because you will not abandon me to the realm of the dead nor will you let your faithful ones see decay you make known to me the path of life you will fill me with joy in your presence with eternal pleasures at your right hand.
1: Everybody. So I love the way that that psalm ends, um, and it just switched on me. Hold on one second. When he says, you make known to me the path of life and you fill me with joy in your presence with eternal pleasures at your right hand. Does that sound good anybody in here? (laughs) See, here's here's what's really great about about, about God is he really does, that's his heart's desire. And that means that this morning in this time that we're here together, here's the one thing you can know about God. He absolutely wants to make known to you the path of life. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, and he wants to make that known to you. And what's great is, and then you do it, and he says, and I'll fill you with joy in my presence. Absolute freedom and eternal pleasures at your right hand. So um, so I just want to, even before I jump in, I just wanna pray and ask that that might happen today. All right, let's just ask that God might make known to you personally. Ask him while I'm praying. I'll I'll speak out words, but in your own heart, ask God and say, God, would you make known to me the path of life and fill me with joy, okay? So, Father, I really do. uh, Just thank you for what's true, and what's true is you're here. You are here, you are present. We're going to look at your word, and your word is living and active, and it brings us life, it shows us this path. And so, God, and we know again that we literally live our souls. We live on every word that comes from you. And so, I thank you for the written word that we're going to look at. That's from you. But I also know, God, that your Holy Spirit is here in this room, and that you will speak to each one of us personally. And I just pray that you might open the eyes of all of our heart, God. Um, this vision that we want to look at today, of this life that you offer us, um, would you just make it clear and compelling? so that we will literally follow you, Jesus. You said, if you follow me, there's life. And so I thank you that you're here and present, and we just praise you for that reality. God, may you uh, accomplish all that you want to. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, and I, I, I know that um, David already, you know, if you were here in the early part, we, we kind of celebrate the fact that it's Mother's Day, but I just need to do it one more time, okay? Would all you moms actually stand up? Would all you moms please go ahead and just stand up for us? Come on, everybody. Let's give them one more big round of applause on this day. Fantastic. Awesome. I, I, my, my sister actually put out um, a reflection on my mom on, in Facebook, and um, so here's the other thing that's real. It's been 28 years since my mom passed away, so actually for me, I've, I've lived more Mother's Days now without my mom than I actually have lived with, with my mom, and so I just want to um, just say this as well. I know for some of you, reality is Mother's Day might not be a really happy day today, <laughs> I remember those first Mother's Days, right, after my mom passed away, and, and literally even 28 years later, thinking about my mom. And, um, and so I just want to recognize that for some of you today. This might be a, a hard day. Um, but thank you to all of you who stood. We really do actually want to honor you, and I hope you have a fantastic day today. It, it caused me as soon as, and it was funny too, because my, my sister's uh, very nostalgic. So I think she has all of our family photos. You know, if I, uh, so she threw up five photos on, my, on, on her post, and it was pretty fun. There was one where I was like seven, you know, and I'm looking with my brothers and sisters at my mom, and floods of memories come back. And, but I, I, when my mom passed away at her funeral, here's, here's I just, let me just give you a few reflections on my mom. I, I think she really loved everybody. <laughs> I don't know if my mom had an enemy. It was amazing at her funeral just to hear the stories of her. Um, And the other thing that was crazy about my mom is, you know, after she died, we all wanted a keepsake, right? We wanted something that was valuable of my mom's so that we could have it. And I have two sisters, so one got the engagement ring and one got her wedding ring. And then the rest of us looked for something valuable and there wasn't anything. (laughs) I mean, seriously, And, and it was such a testimony to my mom. She just didn't live for herself. And so we were like, you know, so I, the one thing I did find is a, a, an old, like, jewelry box. You know, there wasn't any jewelry in it. Yeah, there was other stuff, but it was a cool little box. And so I grabbed that, and I also have her old glasses that she used to wear, which are really fun. But that was just a neat testimony to my, my mom. My mom was super strong. She was a farmer girl, man. She grew up on a farm in, in Midwest, you know, in the in Midwest Midwestern Michigan her whole life. And she was strong of character and she was strong. I've shared a story here once where she threw me across the room when I was in junior high. So my mom was a strong woman and I learned to respect her. But she would lay down her life, man. She was never for herself. And what's cool is my mom, even though she could be strong, uh, she also was the one person who I knew loved me. I just knew it. That's a very valuable thing. But you know what was interesting? I found out afterwards, after she died, and talking to my, talking to my dad, my mom was super insecure. I didn't know that as, as a kid because she was so strong with me and loved her, loved everybody. But my dad just reflected how when my mom would look in the mirror, right, she didn't see beauty, she didn't see value. And so she struggled her whole life to feel like she was special. That was weird to hear. The other thing I realized is, uh, with my mom is she, our house was never clean. <laughs> our house was a mess all the time. The only time we ever cleaned was when people came over, right? And it was like, man, I hate it when people come over because I actually have to clean the house. And, um, and it was crazy. After she passed away, I was, you know, I was 25, so I lived in Ohio. And I came back, and my house was spick and span. It was like every time I come home, it's super clean. I'm like, Dad, what's up? I had no idea. My dad's a neat freak. Now, can I, all right, so here, here, to all you men in the house, can I, say? I learned one of the most valuable lessons, in fact, I remember my mom told me this one time when I was young, about eight or nine, about 10, and we were washing dishes together, and she said, hey, David, you just make sure you love your wife as much as your dad loves me. You know what's amazing? I'm serious, man, my dad is a neat freak, and I never saw our house neat one time. (laughs) Do you know, do you guys realize what he did? What did he do? He laid down his life for his wife. And what mattered to him didn't matter more than what mattered to her. That was an amazing testimony to me. And you know what, and then, my, yeah, my mom had bursts of anger. My mom, anyway, okay, so here's the point. 25 years I spent with my mom, 18 of those every day. So guess what? When you spend 18 years with someone every day, you kind of pick up some stuff. Right? How many of you have some qualities of your mom? Okay? And the rest of you are lying because you do. When I do premarital counseling with couples, that's one of the things we just have to make sure you understand. You are bringing in baggage from your homes. You just are. And you bring in your mom and you bring in these parts of your dad. And I just want to tell you, man, there's some things that I love about my mom that I am, and it's cool. And then there's things that my mom was that I am that aren't so cool. But I want to tell you this, there's definitely things that I'm still trying to be. There's still things I'm trying to be. The truth is I reflect my mom, in some ways I hope I reflect her more. And this is what we're talking about today. It's the same thing with Jesus. The very goal of God for all of our lives, my hope for you today, our message title today is Reflecting. The God's goal is actually that we would reflect Jesus that there will be things in our life that are of him that would therefore come out. And so what did Jesus say? He, right, he said, come follow me. Come follow me. So what was he saying? Come be with me. Come hang out with me every day. Seek me. Know me. And the whole point back then of disciple, that's what a disciple was. A disciple was someone who actually followed a rabbi. But the whole reason a, a, a disciple would follow a rabbi was so that they would look like him. <laughs> They wanted to learn what he learned. They wanted to know what he knew. They, they wanted to think like he did. They wanted to act like he did. And so Jesus, on this critical journey, and again, if you haven't been with us, we've, this is the six weeks, and we've been looking at a fact that when you receive Christ, that's what the Bible says, you put your faith in Jesus, you actually receive him. His spirit comes inside you. And when that happens, you go on this journey, and today we're looking at the final thing, and what we're going to look at really today is the vision of what would it look like if we actually reflected Christ, okay? So here we go. We're in in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, and look look at this in verse 17. It says, now the Lord is the spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom, (laughs) Right? I feel like I should pay, paint my face blue and hop on a horse. right? Freedom! And just yell it out. But, but here's, here's what the Bible's saying. is All of us in this room, we all have things that are binding us. We, have all, we all have things that are controlling us. We all have things in our life that we don't like about us. And what he's saying is, Jesus Christ, we're the Lord, and that means Jesus. He is the Spirit. So when Jesus Christ rose from the dead and ascended into heaven... It says he poured out his spirit into our hearts. So I literally now, as a Christian, this is why I want to tell you again. So if you're new to Christianity and stuff, going to church doesn't transform your life. It doesn't. The only thing that transforms your life is receiving this spirit. And so in this very spirit of Jesus comes inside you. That's, this, is, this is the amazing thing. And then when he does that, what happens? Where the spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. And I'm gonna go through some things of what that looks like. So in verse 18, it says, and we all with unveiled faces reflect the Lord's glory. We are being transformed into his image with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord who is the spirit. I love that verse. This is one of the most hopeful verses to me. The fact that I can actually be transformed into the image of Christ. Is that hopeful for anybody else in here? See, now what does that mean? Now there's a couple really important things. We, look at this, we are being, we are being. Right by those words, it means what? We're in process, okay? It doesn't mean, hey, boom, you receive Christ and you're like Jesus, right? We all know that's not true. So we are, we are being transformed. But here's the other thing I love. With what? With ever-increasing glory. So let me just ask you a question. If it's ever-increasing, do you ever get there? Okay, answer that. If it's ever-increasing, do you ever get there? No. And so what this is, is it, it kind of helps you give grace to yourself. See, so here's, here's, here's the deal. We've got a couple mirrors up here. So this is every one of us. Every one of us in this room, this is the reflection. This is what we reflect off. We are all broken. Every one of us. There's not a person in here. Every, you know, we got wounds here. We got wounds here. We got wounds here. And, and basically, if you're going to run into any human being on this planet, you are going to run into broken people. And, and I, I just know for me, like, this is, this is my reality. I have stuff inside of me that's not like Christ. And so, I don't know about you, so when I look into a mirror, that's kind of what it looks like. (laughs) I see my wounds. I see my brokenness. I see the ugly things. I see all the thoughts I have that you guys never even know. See, and so I'm aware of all that stuff. Now, unfortunately, this is also what we see in other people. So I run into you, and guess what? You're broken too. And so you reflect your brokenness and your woundedness. And all of us do this in different ways. And so it's very, very frustrating. And then, here's what's crazy, is on the other side, here's Jesus. Here's the Jesus. Here's, Here's the true reflection. This is everything that's right and everything that's good. The problem is most of us are demanding the image of Jesus from broken glass. Now, some of you are doing that to yourself. You are literally looking at yourself and you're going, why can't I be more? Why am I not this? By the way, I do this to myself all the time. Anybody else? Is this you? This is my human struggle. Okay? Now, but we can demand the image of Jesus from ourselves, but we also, when I run into you, or if you run into me, you know what you're gonna do? You're gonna demand the image of Jesus from me. And I'm gonna demand the image of Jesus from you, but can't, we just see to stop. Because the truth is, we're super broken. Now, here's, here's what I wanna tell you. When this verse says, because what the verse says, we all reflect the Lord's glory. So instead of reflecting brokenness, what he's saying is we actually can be transformed and start to reflect the Lord's glory, his beauty, his goodness, everything that's right. So how do we do this? Okay. Well, here's what's interesting. It says in Colossians one twenty two, it says, now he has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present you holy in his sight, without blemish, and free from accusation. So what does that mean? Do you know how Jesus looks at us? When he looks at you, this is crazy. When God actually looks at you, he sees that. You and I see this. But he says, if you've received Christ... He goes, I have already forgiven you of everything you've ever done, anything I forgive you. Now, let me read it again. He says, he presents you wholly in his sight, in his sight, without blemish and free from accusation. So what does that mean? When you look at Jesus, when you look at him, when you, when you glance at him, you behold him, He actually can start to give you eyes to see yourself the way that he sees you. And when you can start to see yourself like that, you know what happens? All of a sudden, you can start to see other people that way. Here's what Paul says in 2 Corinthians 5. He says, so from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine if someone would actually look at you with all your brokenness and go, Man, all I see is what's beautiful. Are you kidding? Sometimes I say that with Susie. I go, Susie, she just loves me so much. I go, that's because love is blind, right? <laughs> Come on, honey. Like, No, but, but this is what God can do. The gospel, the good news, is that in Jesus Christ, as soon as you receive Christ and he's inside you, then God says, then that's how I look at you. And once you can start to believe that that's how I am in Christ, then you can actually start to be free. And where the spirit of the Lord is there's thank you, there's freedom. Because now I'm not seeing myself like this anymore. And then once I'm finally free from beating myself up and seeing how I'll get, once I can see because of Jesus, I have no blemish or accusation, then my sight changes when I look at you. And now I can see you no longer from a worldly point of view judging you because you're broken. I'm like, well, I'm not being judged for my brokenness. (laughs) So now I don't have to judge you for your brokenness. And then you know what happens? We actually start to be agents of healing to each other. We can start to reflect back to each other the grace that we were given. But you have to believe the grace first and then you'll reflect it. To others, you got to believe that you're loved no matter what, and then you can reflect that love to others. That's what he's saying. You are all of us are a reflection of God's glory, but you got to receive the glory, you got to see it, you got to believe it, and then you can reflect it. And I want to tell you what, man, when that starts to happen, everything changes. So if you look in your program, I'm just gonna, we are. If you've received Christ, where the spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. So you are free, and I am free today to actually be like Jesus. <laughs> we are free to be able to do that, all right? So what we're going to do is I'm just going to really quickly just look at six things. Six ways that we actually reflect Jesus, okay? And I, and I know for me, this week, as I looked at these six things, and I read this book that had these amazing descriptions It's just so hopeful for me. I finally realized this is the life I really want to live. Okay? So here's the first thing. How do we reflect Jesus? Number one, we are free in knowing that we are loved. You're free in knowing that you are loved. Now, what do you mean, Dave? How does that work? Well, if the spirit of Jesus is in me, then there is Freedom. And here's the beautiful thing about Jesus. I was looking in in the book of John, which is one of his stories, over and over and over again. You know what Jesus says? He goes, The Father loves me. The Father loves me. The Father loves me. He keeps saying, The Father loves me. One time he actually says, I love the Father. But here's what Jesus knew He goes, I know the Father loves me. In John chapter 13, right before he washed all his disciples' feet, it says he knew where he had come from, he knew where he was going. And he knew that all power had been given to him. So he got down and washed their feet. See, why, why did he do that? Because he was free to do it. Why? Because he knew who he was. <laughs> I knew where i come from. I'm, I'm, I come from you, Father. I'm going back to you, Father. And you love me. And I love it. In, in, in that book, he says, Father, I want those you have given me to be with me where I am and to see my glory. The glory that you, now listen to this, The glory that you have given me because you loved me before the creation of the world. You guys, Jesus knows that the father is nothing but love. And when that spirit of Jesus gets inside you, it sets you free from thinking that you have to perform to get your father's love, to get God's love. It sets you free from condemnation and accusation. When you mess up, you can know that you are loved even when you look like this. Now, isn't that good news? See, because this is what Jesus actually wants you to know. As soon as you received me, I actually cleansed you from all of that, and this is how your Father looks at you. How many of you think, at the very core of your being, that this is how God looks at you? I don't know about you. I keep thinking he looks at me like that. Come on, Nelson, get your act together. Right? But he's going, you are my totally beloved son and I see you with no blemish. You are loved. The spirit, what he wants to create in every one of us, you guys, is someone who believes that and knows that at their core. And I want to tell you, it's the most important thing. You can be free in knowing that you are loved by God. All right, what's the second one? We're free to say yes to God. (laughs) When the spirit of God, wherever the spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. Well, one of the things that Jesus had was freedom to say yes to God. So we have a new puppy. I guess I don't know if she's really new anymore. So we've had her for about a year. She just had her year birthday. She's still definitely a puppy, right? Now, I don't know about you. We have never had a puppy before. I I always like buying the one that everybody else has already trained, right? (laughs) And then I'll just take them in and everything's cool. But we went with a puppy this time. And oh, my goodness. It's unbelievable, right? How many of you have tried to train a puppy, right? Is it not a pain? Unbelievable. So we got all these things with Aspen. You know, she won't, she won't stop barking. I don't know how to get her. She won't come when I, when I try to get her to come. Some of you are going, well, you just are no good at training. That's your problem, which is true. But yesterday was a beautiful day. So we, I live by Westminster College, right? It's graduation time, so there's parties all over around us. And there was one right behind us in, uh, on the, in our backyard. And so Ash, Aspen kept going over there and just barking, just right, right at the fence. So I open up the door and I go, Aspen. She goes, <laughs> and she just looks at me. I go, uh uh-uh. uh. She just keeps looking at me, uh uh-uh. uh. And I go, come here. And she turned and ran right inside the house. <laughs> Isn't that <not> awesome? <laughs> See, see, yeah, you guys guys are known. I'm like, I rock, man. (laughs) Look at this, this is beautiful. So later in the night, last night, Susie and I were sitting out. You know, they were still partying, and we were sitting out and and, uh, actually reading this book together. And uh, and Aspen came outside, and sure enough, she runs over the fence, and she starts barking again at the party. And I go, hey, Susie, watch this. Aspen. Aspen goes, hang on. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. She goes, <laughs> I go no 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 uh-uh. uh uh uh-uh. uh I go come here come here she takes five steps and then she just sits on all fours, looks at me I don't, whatever she looks at me, <laughs> and then just goes rah, 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 and she just starts barking at me, and she isn't coming to me she's not listening to me so you know what I do right I go get her bark collar. You're not going to listen to me, then we're putting this puppy on, right? And I don't use the shock thing, but just the beep and the vibration, and it stops her. You guys, can we just be honest? Here's what's crazy. We hear God say all the time, damn it. And then he goes, stop doing that. And what do we do? And, and it's really weird. It's like, we, we just do it anyway. And then, there's no question, if you're on the journey with Jesus, what did he say? Come, follow me. So Jesus, all the time, you hear this voice. Hey, come here, come here. And what do we do? Uh-uh. <laughs> and so what does God do? He grabs his spiritual bark collar, <laughs> puts it on, causes a little pain, <laughs> a little warning, so that we'll learn. You guys, why? You know what? What's crazy is God knows that if you'll follow him, if you'll do what he says, there is always life on the other end. Here's the hope. Where the spirit of the Lord is, where the spirit of Jesus Christ is, there's freedom to say yes to God. And I just want to tell you, that's, and I've said if you're new here, but I'm sorry if you've been here for a while, but this was the most fascinating thing to me about really receiving, putting my faith in Christ, is that he came into my life. The Spirit of God goes to work, and he actually gives you desire. You actually want to follow God where you didn't used to. What he's saying is before you receive the Spirit, you're not even free to follow God. And some of you, that's you today. You might even want to, but you just can't say yes to God. But then once you receive the Spirit, the Spirit, there's freedom. And the freedom is from yourself. And he can actually transform you to be like Christ. You can actually be free to be like Jesus. And you'll start saying yes to God. It's amazing. Okay? Here's number three. We're free from fear and anxiety. Anybody want that? (laughs) Now, this is the craziest thing, but I love Jesus, right? When you look at Jesus, it didn't matter where he was. It could have been a storm that everybody else was, oh, we're going to die. And Jesus is like, okay, (laughs) totally chill. You've got demonic people, right, who are so demonic, they're in chains. And Jesus has no fear. He has no fear with any person, no opposition, no rejection. He has absolute peace inside of him. Now, think about this. That's the spirit of Jesus. There's no fear in him. You receive Christ and his spirit is now here. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. And that means there's freedom from anxiety. There is freedom from fear. You and I do not need to live in bondage to your anxiety or your fear. So Jesus looks at us and he says, peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. My, look like that, my peace I give you. Right here. And then I love it and he says, I don't give to you as the world gives, right? Because the world can provide peace at times, right? But see, but the world provides peace and then whatever the world just gave you, the world can be gone and now you don't have peace anymore. <laughs> but Jesus is saying, I can give you my peace. He says, don't let your hearts be troubled and don't be afraid. And every time he says, don't be afraid in the scripture, you know what he says? Why? Because I am with you. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom from fear. Now, it was crazy. Wednesday nights, men, we have about 30, 30, 40 guys who meet here on Wednesday nights And we just did Philippians chapter two where it says, don't be anxious about anything, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) But in everything, present your petition, your prayer and petition to Christ with thanksgiving and the peace of God that transcends all understanding will guard your heart and your mind in Christ. There it is, in Christ. But we just laugh, man, because it's like, don't be anxious about anything? Are you kidding me? (laughs) Where the spirit of the Lord is, he can actually set you free. From anxiety anywhere, it's amazing. Number four, we're free from pursuing things. Now, for some of you, you might go, "Well, that doesn't sound good." Okay, I like the first three. <laughs> I don't know if I want to go to the fourth one, but you know what? The, the truth is, we do. You know, so much of our anxiety and so much our fear, so much of what actually is destroying our relationships, is because we're so caught up, and I need all of these things. I need them because they actually give me value. They they make me significant if I possess these things. Or they make me comfortable. And if that's your and so, but Jesus, it's amazing, right? He's the one who said, foxes have holes and birds in the air have nests, but the Son of Man, I don't have anywhere to lay my head. So Jesus was, I, you right, I mean, you know this. You read the Bible, say, man, Jesus was not caught up in that. I, I think this is one place that my mom really had the spirit of Jesus. She goes, I just don't need a bunch of stuff. If Jesus, and then he says this, don't store up treasures on earth where moth and rust and steel can kill, can destroy it. Again, don't, put it, don't do that. He goes, store up your treasures in heaven. So if you look at the spirit of Jesus, if he's inside you, then the cool thing is Jesus can set you free from needing all that stuff. <laughs> now, some, again, seriously, we're sitting here and we live in America and we go, I yeah, but I don't want to be free from stuff. <laughs> I mean, but I would say, how cool would it be if you were? If really at the core of your being, you didn't need everything that's out there. I'm telling you, it would set you free. You'd live, I think, the life you really want to live, and that's the spirit of Jesus. Number six, number five, we're free from needing position. This one is really interesting to me. You know the cool thing about Jesus? If Jesus, many times, he was actually the honored guest, right? People would invite him in for a dinner, and he would be the honored guest. When Jesus was the honored guest, what did he do? Did he go, no, 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 not me, and I need to sit down here at the end of the table? (laughs) Is that what he did? No. If he was the honored guest, what did he do? He sat in the honored seat. (laughs) Because it didn't matter to him. And then when he was with his disciples and nobody will wash anybody's feet because that's the lowliest position, what does Jesus do? i right, well, I'll wash your feet. <laughs> See, what's cool about Jesus? It doesn't matter to him. <laughs> he goes, he can do, I can do the most menial task, and I can actually be seated at the very top of everything. It doesn't matter. That's what in Philippians chapter 2, again, it's so beautiful, where it says you and I should have the same attitude as that of Christ who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant being made in human likeness. So Jesus is like, I will totally empty myself and I'll become like a servant. And then the verse goes on and it says, and because he was obedient like that all the way to the cross, then what did the father do? Elevated him to the highest place. <laughs> And Jesus didn't go, oh, no, 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 Dad, that's not for me. No, he's like, all right. See, the spirit of Jesus is so secure in who he is that he can, take, he can be the center of attention. He can be in control of everything. And he can be in the lowest position, washing dirty, grimy feet, and he's good either way. Isn't that cool? Here's what I tell you, the freedom of the Spirit of Jesus can set you free. It can set you free to keep going. Sometimes the Spirit of Jesus wants to rise up within you and say, I've got more for you. Keep going. You can be this. You can be great. Your position, I have something awesome for you. I'll be totally honest with you. There have been times where I've had this stupid, what do I want to call it? I call it wounded pride. And the reason I call it wounded pride is because sometimes I've actually shrunk back from I think what God really wants me to do and I go, oh no, 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 that's, that's not right to be up there. That's a bunch of baloney because it shouldn't matter if I have the spirit of Jesus in me. If God wants to rise you up and put you in a position of influence, then be that and take it and live with a servant heart at the highest place. But at the same time, sometimes the spirit of Jesus will put you in, you, like I shared last week, and no one will even see you. No one will even care about you. And you'll be at this lowest place. And the spirit of Jesus is like, that's cool. Can you imagine handling the highest honor and the lowest place and being good with either one? That's freedom. And that's what happens in the spirit of Christ. And here's the last one. We are free to love Everyone we are free to love everyone. This is just Jesus. The beautiful thing about Christ is there was never a person he ran into that he didn't love. Lepers that no one would get close to, he would embrace. So the outcast, he loves them. He loved his mom, he loved his brothers, he loved the poor, he even loved his enemies. Sometimes it didn't look like it, but it was always love. Can I just tell you guys, can you imagine? Think about this. Can you imagine, really, husbands and wives in here? Can you imagine being free? Because where the spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. Can you imagine being free from yourself so that truly, every day in your home, you valued your spouse more than yourself. That's Jesus. That's Philippians 2. Have the same mind and attitude as Jesus. I tell you what, man, That for me, that takes supernatural power because I like to think about myself. Anybody else? <laughs> right? When you wake up in the morning, who are you thinking about? Oh, man, I got this, and I got that, and I got I, 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 I. I. Jesus, his spirit, will wake you up, and immediately he would be thinking you. So... Loving your spouse, loving your kids, kids, loving your mom today. But here's, it goes more. Being a great friend. Really loving your friends. Then loving those that, don't people, that people don't love. And here's the crazy thing. Jesus goes, if I'm actually in you, you can actually love your enemy. You can actually love the person who hurts you. You, if I'm in you, I, Love everyone. And this image of finally being like Christ, being transformed into his image, can you imagine that nobody could do anything to you? Doesn't mean there wouldn't be pain. There's always pain. Doesn't mean there isn't anger. There's anger when you're hurt. And yet somehow, when Jesus had that type of opposition, Father, forgive him. And then he tells us, love your enemy. But I'm telling you, and the only way that happens is if the Spirit of the Lord is inside you. Because where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. So what do we do? This image of actually being able to be free, to be like Christ. Well, here's what the Bible says. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit, right? If where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom then I don't know about you, then I want to be like this with the Spirit, right? Because the Spirit is the only one who can actually set me free. And then this verse is beautiful. It's like, well, we live by the Spirit. You actually can be free by the Spirit. You can love, you can serve. You don't have to get caught up in stuff. You can be free from anxiety. You can do whatever God wants you to do by the Spirit. You live by the Spirit. So he says, well, then keep in step with the Spirit. (laughs) So here's what's cool. How do you keep in step with the Spirit? This is what's neat. Basically, if you haven't been here, go back and listen to our series. Because the Spirit of God is at every stage of the journey. The Spirit of God is at every stage of the journey. So if you just received Christ, then he, remember? Then Jesus says, you've just been born of my Spirit. So, and what do you do? Remember, if you're an infant, immediately, as soon as you are born, you you start sucking immediately. Because you're supposed to eat. And so we just talk about So if you're going to keep in step with the Spirit, if you're brand new in the faith, if you're going to keep in step with the Spirit, then you just eat as much as you can God's Word. You get it into you. You put, remember, the roots go down into his love and into his learning. And so you take base camp here at K2. You get involved in a life together group. You join a men's thing, you women's, you do whatever you can and you just that's how you keep in step with the Spirit if you're brand new. Start getting his word inside you, okay? But then, once you get those roots down, you start growing, and then when you grow, what's the Spirit of God do? He actually opens your eyes and you go, oh my God, look at all these people. And the Spirit of Jesus is all about what? Love one another. And so the next thing, and some of you are in that stage, you're like, I, okay, I've, I've actually been a Christian for a while, but the truth is I don't know anybody here. I, I come on Sunday and I just go home, and Jesus is like, What? Wait a second. No, this, you got to love one another. The only way that this works is to be together. So for you to keep in step with the Spirit, okay, so that the Spirit, where you'll find freedom, is you actually have to take the step to get connected in relationship. And then, once you've done that, once you get connected in relationship, and you grow, then this tree grows, and then what happens? And then there's fruit that comes from your life. And I, we just said God gives you, the Spirit, actually, the Bible's very clear, the Spirit gives you a gift and the whole reason you have the gift is so that you'll give it. And so many, many of you responded to that. So cool to see how many of you just said, okay, wait a second. I, that's where I'm at. If I'm going to keep in step with the Spirit and be free, i got to be free for myself, and i got to produce fruit that's for everybody else. And so you'd start to give yourself. And then once you produce fruit, last week what happens? <laughs> then God goes, okay, now I'm going to unsettle you. I have ways that aren't your ways. I have thoughts that aren't your thoughts, and I'm actually going to unsettle your faith, and I'm going to show you, I'm going to actually take some things and prune you from some stuff. Why? So you'll bear more fruit. And for some of you to keep in step with the Spirit right now, it means to hang on, to keep believing, and to surrender and say, Jesus, Jesus, whatever you want me to do, I'll do. And Jesus says, if you lose your life for me, you're going to find and you'll be free. You'll be free. You guys, this is the image where the spirit of the Lord is There's freedom and you and I are free to be like Jesus. So here's what we're gonna do. Band's gonna come on up and uh, Jesus had a very clear um, and our, our connections team is gonna begin to pass out these, the elements. So here's what Jesus said. I need to remind you of a couple things over and over and over and over again. I need to remind you of this. Here's what he's saying. When you put your faith in me, you actually received me. There is this, God says, you are now, you now have my spirit inside of you. And so if Jesus is literally dwelling inside of us, there's a couple things that Jesus wanted you to remember over and over again, okay? So he took his disciples and he said, here's what I want you to remember. He took this loaf of bread and he broke it and he said, this is my body broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me, remember me. What's he saying in that moment? You know what he's saying? He goes, I will break myself for you. (laughs) I will lay down my life for you. Now what the Bible says is, this is how we actually know what love is. That Jesus would lay down his life for us. And so over and over and over again, Jesus is saying the first thing that you must have inside you is the freedom of knowing that you are loved. And you guys, what's so great is that Jesus said, and I die for you when you're like this. I'm not asking you to clean up your act, I'm dying for you when you're like this. This is how you can know I love you. Because I love you even when you're broken and even when you're a mess, that's when I love you. So, with, as the, as the uh, greeters take the elements and pass them around, just take that bread and just hold that, hold that. And as you hold it, think about this fact. You are loved. By a God, he loves you as you are, as a human in all your mess. And he would lay down his life for you. He does, he loves you. But then, you guys, we gotta go. So keep passing this stuff around. And then the beauty of this is then Jesus says, I'm not done though. Here's the other thing. I'm gonna take this cup and this cup of wine represents my blood that I'm gonna shed for you. And why is he gonna shed his blood for us? Because there's no forgiveness, the Bible tells us, of our sin without the shedding of blood. Blood in the Bible is a symbol of life. And Jesus gives up his life to totally forgive you and to cleanse you. And here's the cool thing. When you are forgiven, guess what? You're free. You're free. And so some of you today, as you hold this cup, you need to think about all of the brokenness, all of the mistakes, all of the sin, all of the stuff where you go, yeah, but I'm just not this. And remember what the scripture said? He goes, no. By Christ's physical death on the, on the cross, he presents you holy in his sight without blemish and free from accusation. So if you have received Christ you hold that cup and you just have some a moment here we'll give you a minute or two to just think about all your brokenness and stop looking at yourself like that stop looking at yourself like that and realize this is how God looks at me so that's how I'm going to see me thank you Jesus for forgiving me of all my sin I am free bread to live like Jesus his life is now in me, so I can live the life that God has for me. So hold those elements, and when everybody has them, I'm gonna come back up and we'll take them together, all right? Just use this as a prayerful time. Reflect, reflect, reflect on this. Jesus, you love me, you forgive me, and now your life is in me, and where the spirit of Jesus is, I'm free. I'm free. Thank you. Jesus says to you today, this is my body. This is my life that I lay down for you because I love you. It's my body that I broke for you. You know, you can now know you are loved. When you were my enemy, when you were against me, When you were ungodly, when you were a sinner, that's when I laid down my life for you. I love you, I love you, I love you. Let's take and eat in remembrance of the love of Christ for us. And I died on that cross so I could shed my blood to forgive you, to forgive you of every broken thing in your life. If you are in me, then my blood has washed you clean. You are seen like that without blemish and without accusation in God's sight once you receive Christ. Christ takes away the veil through his forgiveness. And so you're free. Man, this is an amazing truth. And Jesus says, you're going to have to remember this because there's a lot of brokenness in you. But my forgiveness is for good. Let's take and drink in remembrance of Christ's forgiveness of all of our sins. Jesus says, we remember you in this moment we worship you because when we received you we received your spirit we received your forgiveness we were baptized into your death which means we were baptized into absolute forgiveness you dying for all of our sin we praise you for that but we were also baptized into your resurrection, which means your life, your living spirit now present within us. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. God, would you just take us now as we reflect on that reality. Thank you for this journey that you are absolutely committed to setting us free to be able to follow you. And we just pray now, Lord, in this moment, take our hearts take our worship, take our praise, but most of all, take our lives and just unite them with your spirit so that we can be a reflection of you to this world. And we worship you and we praise you in Jesus' name, amen. So go ahead and stand, you guys, and that's what we're going to do. He says, I inhabit your praise. It's another way where Jesus is saying, my spirit and your spirit right now can be like this, okay? So let's give our hearts and our worship to him so that he can fill us up to send us out. Let's do it.